Hi, I'm Darcy Hanna, author of the Beacon Bake Shop Mystery Series, author of the Very Cherry Mystery Series, author of the upcoming Food and Spirits Mystery Series, and author of several historical fiction. Did you ever wonder where I get my inspiration for the stories I write? I get it from my family, in particular from my conversations with my three amazing and creative sons. I'll be joined by my middle son, Dan, age 29, my youngest son, Matt, age 26. We have a great relationship, and we thought it would be fun to share our often wacky, often irreverent, yet always entertaining conversations with you. So buckle up, and welcome to the Motherboy Podcast. Hey, Dan, what's the most disgusting thing you saw today? The most disgusting thing I saw today? Yeah. Um, let's see. I saw... A grown man eat an entire brat off a grill at a tailgate without a bun in one <laughs> bite. In one bite? Yeah. That's pretty good. You know what I saw? I don't know how he didn't burn his I, throat. I saw a, uh, a homeless man whose like, pants were just like two sizes too small. You oh, did? Picking up uh, beer cans and you just see his ass. Oh. Okay, Matt, that's... <laughs> and he had, he, had a lion, he, had a, he had a lion's jersey on and it was like two sizes too that's small. That's not good. Explain where you were today. It was great. We were at the Lions game. It was a magical moment. Let me tell you and what. Ex- explain why you were there. We were watching the Lions game. Is that? But you're not Lions fans. We are, Oh, sorry. We're Bears fans. It was Bears versus Lions and uh, we always... My dad's friend that he works with i'm also friends with him jason, jason. shout out to jason jason's jason. legit jason's stomach. he gets his tickets because uh we're bears fans he's lions fan and you know we go there and we we uh we we talk smack and matt we dro- have a good time matt dressed up as mike dicka i dressed up as mike dicka i had lions fans coming yeah. up to me taking pictures i had bears fans coming <laughs> yeah up matt was doing like a pictures. photo shoot with like everyone today yeah it was ridiculous which it was is awesome. amazing i can actually add to this conversation are you a bear fan <laughs> I am neither. I actually used to be a 49er fan way back in the 80s, but I haven't watched football since way back in the 80s until last night. (laughs) Last night, I went to the um, Iowa State because my husband works at Iowa State. So the Ah. Iowa State uh, Texas game last night. I actually went in person to a football game for the first time in 20 years. And did you love it? That was. Or what did you think? Um, Well, we were in the student section. So <laughs> that's I mean, even better. <laughs> Got a little rowdy. It was, a little rowdy. It was an experience. I was standing on the cement um, floor of the risers. You know, you, there's like the the benches, and then there's the floor. And even standing on the cement was bouncing. Oh. Like the whole stadium oh. was bouncing when the students were jumping that's... up and down. So it was it was interesting. But then the other thing is, is my brother who's um i'm originally from upstate new york and my brother is a lions fan and what? has been since he can remember so for over 55 50 years my brother has been a detroit lions oh fan, we're sorry that's crazy why do you pick up no one chooses to be a lions fan no one chooses to be a lions fan you're gosh. born into it usually well, yeah usually well so, well let's let's yeah. let's it's back like up, the surfdom of boys. football we're gonna yeah. back up because we yeah. have a we have to introduce our guest oh, today. Yeah. We have a very <laughs> special special guest, and I'm so excited. So the boys are like tagging along. Um, so we have Clara, Watch those Ma- feet. Matthew, can Watch you, those can feet, I? Dan. Sorry, I'm playing no footsies. footsies under the table. But today we have no footsies. Author, <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> 
if they would just behave. We have author Clara McKenna with us today, and I'm going to read you her bio. Clara writes the acclaimed historical, cozy Stella and Lindy mystery series. It's about an unlikely couple who makes love, murder, and horse racing in Edwardian England. And those are like everything I love right there. Okay, I'm just like inserting my own thoughts. Say horse racing. Horse racing. Right. Murder mystery and history, right there. Okay, so she's speaking my language. Um, <clears throat> uh, so Clara, as uh, murder at oh morning, I'm, I hope I didn't, Morrington Hall kicks off this series and murder at Keyhaven Castle. The third book in the series was selected as Historical Novel Society's Editor's Choice and voted the best cozy mystery of 2021 by Suspense Magazine. Congratulations! That's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Her latest release oh, was one of the best. One of the one of three. Well, we're going to say it was the best because it was like, come okay, on, it okay. was the best. <laughs> and her latest release, "Murder on Mistletoe Lane," and I love that title, captures Christmas at the turn of the century. So Clara is a member of Sisters in Crime and the founding member of and a founding the the founding member of Sleuths in Time, um, a cooperative group of, of historical mystery writers who encourage and promote each other's work. Um, with an incurable case of wonderlust, she travels every chance she gets, the UK being a favorite destination. And I, I, I believe that's very true. <laughs> when she can't get to the UK, she's happily, she's happy to write about it from her home in Iowa. So welcome to Michigan from Iowa via, via the magic of Zoom. The internet. <laughs> welcome to Thanks the podcast. <laughs> Well, Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, yeah no excited. problem. And it's so fun to know that, like, so you just saw a football, a college football game today, or the other day, yes, yeah. yesterday. Uh, last, well, it was last night. Saturday. So Saturday. if you were going to rate your experience out of 10, what would you give it? Oh, well, it would have to be for different experiences, but as an experience, I would say it was an 8. So overall, <laughs> 8 out of 10. What about 10. value for money? 1 out of 10. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because they were they were um, because the students are out of town. Well, as they, they thought the students would be out of town. So they were offering ten dollar tickets. Oh, oh so, so really good value oh, to money. So, that That's good. so maybe like another like eight yeah. or maybe nine. Oh, out for of a 10. college game, especially for Iowa. You can't Iowa beat State. that. And what was the grossest thing you yeah. saw as the boys talked? Yeah, about what's their, the grossest thing you saw? Their tailgating experience. Oh, 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 well. No, the tailgating was kind of cool because it was amazing how many people had like big screen yeah. TVs what? and were watching the, you know, yeah, right in the parking oh. lot. It was amazing. Um, but I'd say they, one of the things I, it wasn't so much gross because I didn't actually get hit by one. <laughs> that doesn't but, stop. I like where this um, is going. <laughs> yeah. So the students above us and we were really high up, but there's still some, you know, there's a bunch of rows behind us. And they were throwing things, and most of the time they were throwing like like those little um, alcohol, like vodka. Oh, the shooters! The shooters! The shooters. Yeah, so they were throwing those down into the crowd, and, and they were I just full? happened to move. And some of them had, <laughs> yeah, some of them had. So I just happened to step aside, and one went whizzing oh. by me and, and missed me completely, but. That wasn't, but then they were like all over the, you know, all the trash and everything. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's <laughs> different. I mean, yeah, college I games are say... a little dirtier maybe, mm-hmm. huh? Uh, well, uh, more degenerate maybe. Well, they're college, I mean, they're rooting for their team. Yeah. They're very passionate. Yeah, I was going to, I thought they were going to be throwing oh. like full on corn husks. It, oh you know what? <laughs> that story. On, like corn cobs Is that the there. corn huskers? Are they the corn no. huskers? No, I don't think so. No, well, they're the Hawkeyes. No, they're the Cyclops. Right? Oh the no, that's Iowa State Cyclops. Yep. Okay. Wait, Cyclops or Cyclone? Cyclones. Cyclones? Cyclones. Cyclones. Like tornado. I mean, yeah. Uh, the hurricane, but in the Pacific. 
No, that's that's a that's a typhoon. <laughs> that's a typhoon. What is a cyclone? Cyclone, cyclone. I think, is just some yeah, sort of so swirling tornado. thing. A tornado. Yeah. It's a tornado. Yeah, it's just tornado. a tornado. Is it a tornado like yeah. for like South America? No, it's just it doesn't a work the same. A cyclone, way? Matt. Just just deal with it. No. That's their that's no. their team name. Yeah. No, that story reminded me. It was this is <laughs> so weird. We were walking. I went to a concert at like our, the hockey arena in Detroit, Little Caesars Arena, and we're walking back, and I'm with my girlfriend. And I think she has, like, a drink in her hand. And we're walking by, like, a parking structure. And all of a sudden, a piece of pizza comes out of nowhere and <laughs> smacks her cup out what? of her hand. What? Yeah. Like, someone hucked a slice oh off the top of this parking garage. Oh, it's and it, just, it, it, like, hit the thing right there. out of her hand. And it was it was really funny, but Dude. it would it would have sucked if it like hit her in the face. Yeah, listen, it is it is oh, Little Caesars oh, Arena. Pizza terrible? just spawns in. It's there. raining pizza. Yeah, it's pizza just spawns in. I know in who there. throws a who throws a good slice I off know. of. The I when they sell pizza by like they sell a whole pizza there. It's like uh, imagine an entire coliseum, but all they sell for food is pizza. Yeah. No, they and have to sell more. Dollars. It's not five dollars. It's, it's way more. Twenty dollars now. Ten dollars. Yeah. It's cheap these days. <laughs> So, you know, you. people are walking around with full, like, Little Caesars, like, pizza boxes in Little Caesars Arena. So there's just a ton of pizza. Oh, wow. It's magic. Yeah. It's well, magical. This is why I did, I, that, that arena actually rocks. So, like so Claire, if you're wondering, I did not go to this experience. I stayed home. I'm prepping for Thanksgiving because that's... <laughs> I've got lots to do. Yeah. Got to do that, yeah. But anyhow, Slice back, back, back to books, boys. I have, I have a couple well, questions, but you all, should go. I want to, I want to like ask the first question. Yeah, go ahead. Cool. Yeah, we're gonna fight. We're gonna fight over this So, Murder on Mistletoe Lane. Um, this is your Stella and Lindy mystery, and I want you just to kind of describe this because you're on the. You're. I was looking at your schedule. You're a busy lady. You're on. Um, you're. You've yeah. got a holiday book. This is the perfect time for a holiday read. And I'm telling you, I love the cover. I'm going to post the cover when we release this. And um, your covers are absolutely. Um, I got to say, Kensington does a wonderful job with the covers because they're beautiful. Um, but go yeah, ahead. They really do. Yeah. Wonderful. So go ahead and just, you know, tell us a little bit about this book. This is the fifth in your series. Is that correct? Yeah. So it's the fifth in the series. So Stella and Lindy um, are married at this point. And so this is their first Christmas together as a married couple. And, but of course they get to spend it because they live with her in-laws. Oh, at fun. The, the, <laughs> The country estate, yeah, in in it because these books takes place in England. So um, her in laws are the uh, the Lord and Lady Atherley, so the Earl of Atherley, and so Stella gets to spend Christmas for the you know her first married Christmas with the in laws. With the in laws, but and then of course Lady, I was gonna say, and then Lady Atherley for some reason invites this really dysfunctional family to join them, <laughs> which just kind of complicates things. Because it's Christmas, really, you know. And then the the house, right? You know, you gotta have dysfunction. You gotta at Christmas, have it. Right? I so, love it. Um, and then, <laughs> and then the housekeeper gets food poisoning on mince pies. Oh, man. you and then you gets you found have... dead on this country snowy country oh. lane in the middle of the night. Oh, and you actually, so yeah. you actually talk about mince, mince meat <laughs> So Stella's, you know, she, <laughs> I love it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There, there are, yeah, like, absolutely. What's go, more English? There's, a, there's mince meat pies that go missing. Oh my God. And then, I, exactly. Right. Now, have you yourself had a mince meat pie or mince pie? Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Are you yeah, thumb- they're definitely part of my, of course, they're, they don't have meat in yeah, thumbs up for your mince thumbs meat up pies, because yeah. I don't just have called meat? mince pies. Okay, now. so I've had mince meat. No, not anymore. Okay, so um, it yeah. it does have meat in it. Yeah. It is weird. It's like uh, currants and raisins and uh, a lot of those dried fruits, right? Um, yeah. No, Uncle Matt yeah. loved mince meat pies, <laughs> like your your dad's brother, what and the that's hell? the when I used to go because my husband's family is more Scottish. Oh, yeah. And when I would go to their house for my first Christmas uh-huh. as a married, you know, young lady, um, not in England, <laughs> but but mincemeat pie was on the table. And that was the first time because my family's more Scandinavian, American, you know. And um, I'm like, what the, what is that? <laughs> like, why is there why is there meat in this pie? Uh-huh. But it's like a traditional thing. So you didn't go with the meat. Is you it just, baked you into the pie? Like you had a pie crust, like a cherry it's pie, but you took like all the savory. cherry out. You took all the cherry filling well, out and filled it with meat. No, it's not all meat. It's like little tr- tiny chunks of like. I, it's hard to explain. I think you could buy you can buy a pre mixed mix like. Well, even yeah, yes. Yeah, traditionally, it even had suet in it. Yeah, because that's what I was telling my my mother in law's recipe yeah. was suet and some kind of beef. I think. Suet is uh, animal fat. Yeah, it's just like yeah. It was. It would be beef. Yeah. yeah. It would definitely be beef. Well, suet because I- that's in my book. That's what goes bad. The beef goes oh, bad. Oh, God, the poor so girl much. that ate that. No <laughs> no wonder she found uh, Wait, that. so what What year are we talking well, here? Does this wait. take place? Yeah, so explain the... So 1905. This, okay. Okay, is this pre-toilet paper? Oh, my God. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> is this pre-toilet paper? Oh, you have to you have to. And by the way, back one. in the day, it was all single ply. Oh, too, it was all single so. ply. <laughs> you come um, off your bender of mincemeat pie... <laughs> The John hasn't been yeah. created. The John hasn't been created yet, so you're you're double there. Matthew, watch your language. No, no toilet they, paper. A lot, of people actually, a lot of people actually had indoor plumbing at that point. Okay. Did they really? In nineteen oh five. Yeah, and a lot of in the cities and stuff. Yeah. Okay. The rich right. especially. Yeah. I mean not the not the not the lower classes, but the, the upper and the upper middle class and the especially the, the ultra rich. Some of them had it going back into the even the 80 1880s so oh it is yeah, the, yeah so the history of okay. matthew so why don't you study the time. history of plumbing well i heard that you. the queen uh girl bossed her way to gatekeeping she did the, 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 the she did the triad girl boss what is it wait gatekeep, what are you talking uh, about what queen gatekeep uh, uh what is it called i don't remember it's no it's two th- it's two things it's uh hold on, hold on. gaslight gatekeep and Girlfriend. girl boss there it is right. the triangle okay. the john was created 50 years before but the queen didn't want kept it. that locked she down. hoarded it she hoarded it down which queen victoria are we talking yeah, yeah. oh the oh. modern day john yeah she well, she could have given all the people I think that's a satisfaction so clara i guess what they're saying clarity if, if a if a man or young man was to read your book they'd want more information on the toiletry habits of eduardian i don't i just i'm <laughs> but curious our, but our readers wouldn't like like that <laughs> yeah that's a good point i I think because yeah, it would definitely take you out of the period because they were not they didn't talk about stuff like that like we did. Yeah, you don't. So. Talk, that's unpolite. Right, right. That's impolite. Right. Well, okay. they know better, but they so, don't. They're grown. They don't want to know better right now. It, well, I, no, I have a quote. I have a quote about the Edwardian period, and this was just came right from. I thought this was perfect. So Edwardian. So Edward was. You don't know who Victoria was, do you? I was going to ask a preliminary question. Okay. Ed, what is Edwardian? England and what like that period I'm assuming is like around the same time that you're that you said was 1905 right yeah so the the Victorian era is when Queen Victoria was on the throne and so that went from um 
I think it was 1836, something like that, to 1901 when she died. And her son was King Edward. And so when he reigned from 1901, well, they basically say from 1901 until the start of World War I, which is 1914. So for about 13 years, that's when they considered the Edwardian period okay. in England. Yeah. Gotcha. And they were very, like, they were very, like, so this is a kind of a, a writer, a 19th century writer was writing about it. And they said, the Edwardian era uh, is described as a leisurely time when women wore picture hats and did not vote. And when the rich were not ashamed to live conspicuously and the sun rarely mm -hmm. never set on the British flag. So basically what they're saying was it was a party. Edwardian era oh, was a good time. <laughs> so it was like, like the 20s? It, yes. Yes. The Roy, yeah. yeah. So, it was, like so it was a very, I mean, so the rich had it, had a very nice, you know, they had it, they had it made. Yeah. Is that like Charles yeah, Dickens, it, can, like great expectations? That's more, a, that's more. That's more so that would be more century. Victorian. Yeah, Victorian. Okay. Yeah, okay. that'd be a lot earlier. Yeah, right, we're way past Dick. So, yeah, this is like yeah. this is like yeah. pre mustard gas. Like right. Well, this is this is gas. like you said. Right pre World War One. Pre World War One. This is just before the war. Yeah, just before the war. And Edward, like Victoria, was. You guys were talking about, you know, what what they would be talking about. So Victoria was very. Um, I. I Want to use the word prudish in a way? Yeah, you know? no, I she think so. Wasn't, she wasn't herself. She wasn't herself prudish, but she, the society had all these kind of norms that you're supposed to not talk about things, not do certain all yes. these rules about you know you know being prim and proper and all those kind of things. And then her son, which of course all that stuff was going on behind the scenes, but people were better you know would hide it. But then um, her son was a playboy basically ah. i mean he was and he he when he became king it was like okay so the king has a mistress and we all want to curry her favor because we know who she is you know it just uh, all the rules of victorian england just kind of went the, out the window victoria and all would these be, people yeah spinning in her yeah, grave all these people that were, yeah all the people were <laughs> repressed suddenly just went hog wild so the the ultra rich just went you know there was like almost no hold bar you know isn't no that, rules bar isn't that funny because yeah victorian awesome. era is it like you know like like the morning clothes that came from victorian because then she when her husband died she wore black and, and that was right. very fashionable and they were just very covered up and the women were very um i don't yeah. know it's, it's so fascinating how society women had style well it was there but the styles have you know like we, we can look at a a book sometime you can look through the different clothing trends that. you don't want to do it okay you can look at yeah. nice. <laughs> but let's just say it's night and day to the time we're All living right. well, in how many years before 19 9 11 was this 9 11 yeah how many years before 9 100 before two, 100? yeah About 100 okay yeah so so we're talking we're talking the turn i only of the judge time. time okay yeah matthew <laughs> based on that uh, tragedy matthew. all right enough of that matt uh, math um no, so also I think it's so fascinating. So you're writing and you're writing kind of a love story mystery in the Edwardian era, but you do something that I love and you they're into horse racing or horse breeding. Yeah. And so where well, does that come yeah. from? So are you a horsewoman yourself? Like is this a passion of yours? I, no, not really. So how <laughs> it's did funny you do because that? I know. Um I liked horses when I was a little girl. You know, every little girl wants oh, a horse. Oh yeah, I did right? too, I mean, for sure. 
And, but I lived in a city. So my mom said, okay, well, you know, we live in a city, so you have to come up with the money. Yeah. And I, I used to scour the, the newspapers looking for, cause in the, back in the day, you know, long, 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 the olden days, right. Uh-huh. In the yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I would look at the classifieds and they'd be selling horses. And they'd be like $500. And I thought, yeah. well, I could get, I could raise that, you know, but then my mom would remind me that we couldn't keep it in the backyard. Yeah. So we had to pay for board and room and board too. So that was out the window. And then I did actually take riding lessons um, at camp every summer. I went oh, to I a horse it. riding camp. Oh, see. And then I used to, I used to do horse riding, you know, a lot um, in, in the area, like, you know, just, they'd have stables and stuff. But then I didn't ride for like 30 years until I started the series and I realized I needed to get up back up. On oh, so horse. you did. So when, so when was the most, the last time you went riding? So you just decided to start riding again. Yeah. I, well, I thought I needed to do the research. Yeah, and, yeah. And, hey, that's and, uh, good. That's a good way to, that's a good excuse to go back. I will do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And one of the things I had to learn is, um, uh, English because mm-hmm. I, I was raised learning Western. Western. Yeah. So I had to learn English and that was, that was hard. I grew up riding English. Not, not that I had a horse in my backyard, but I, I took, I, again, like you, I, you know, begged my parents every year, mm-hmm. um, for horse for Christmas. And mm-hmm. some of my friends actually did have them. We had, we lived in an area where, um, <clears throat> it was in Northern Illinois, but it was also some horse country. Um, okay. but you had to have a minimum of three acres, uh, to have a horse and we didn't. So sometimes, you know, my friends would, but we had some riding rings. And, uh, so I started out, um, well, I had an aunt that had a farm. So I used to ride Western there, but then, uh, I took English and that was, it was, a, I mean, a lot of, I loved it. It was a lot of fun. And then it started getting to the competitive riding. Do you know what I mean? So, um, right. I, I quit in high school. Uh, at that time, but I love, I wanted a horse, but I was allergic to hay. I would, I would come out and no. I'd be, I'd have asthma. My nose would be running. And my parents were like, you're allergic to horses. I'm like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have hay, you know, it was just something ridiculous. So anyhow, but, um, I love that. Yeah. So that's the true tragedy. It was, a, well, being allergic to the thing you love. It was, it really was. It was a tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. It's too bad. Think about being allergic yeah. to cars, Matt, you know. No, but it yeah. was um <clears throat> I don't know if I've outgrown it, but <clears throat> but yeah, it would have been miserable, but I took lessons for years, I think. I can't remember, but I loved it. And so that's why I was always very drawn to history. The books I always mm-hmm. read when I was younger were historical books because of the horses. It just time was just mm-hmm. it just seemed like much much more romantic time. But I would go back more to the yeah. 18th century. That was like my yeah. And I used to write historical fiction. That was my 18th century was my sweet spot. And then I actually wrote one that was set in, in the 15th century. So that was um, oh. a little further back, but that was Scottish history. So, so yeah. So, yeah. I, so, but Edwardian would be very modern for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too. Because <laughs> you're coming into the modern age, you know? Yeah, almost. Yeah. So does your character, yep. so it's your, fe- your female character. Um, what is, what was her name? Your, um, Stella. That's right. okay. And so she has a history. She's an American. Right. And mm-hmm. she's a Kentuckian. Right. And raises what, what is she, she comes from a horse farm or. 
she was raised by she did, no her she was raised by horses she was raised by in horses. the woods in the woods in the, the, woods, right? in the woods. horse cage raised by a mustang see they jumped on they jumped on my faux pas right there can't can't get jumped rid of that. on your mess up my mess up yes. <laughs> raised by a mustang yeah her father is a kentucky horse breeder and he's one of the richest um richest men in kentucky oh so he's a so. rich american khb yes yeah <laughs> He's a rich American, and he <laughs> he wants a British yeah. title so he can you know well, he can get to the highest echelons of American society. Ah, because otherwise he's new money, and they close the doors in his face. So if he can get Stella to marry, if he can marry off Stella to a, an impoverished British family, then that um, benefits him back here in the states. So ah, so he's that's, yeah. so see he's using his daughter for status. Yeah, you know that works, boys. In yeah, Edwardian classic England. KHB behavior. Yeah, What's classic, KHB? Classic. Kentucky horse breeder. Okay. Yeah. They're just making yeah. up terms now. Um, no, I think that's fast. So then she ends up finding, finding the man of her dreams, or do they arrange a marriage for her? It is an arranged marriage, but it turns out that the who she's arranged to marry turns out to be the man of her dreams. Oh, so, See, that's, that's beautiful. Out. I love it. Did they, they did arrange marriages back in the, in the day in America? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Women didn't back. have control. Expect if you were a woman. Yeah. Well, if you were wealthy, so, the poor, the poor it was people a business had more arrangement. Basically yeah. it was a business arrangement. Oh, wow. So she would bring money to the family and the family, the British oh, like family would give them the yeah. clout. So, that's so yeah. crazy. I didn't yeah, realize the they still did yeah. that back only like that's only like a hundred years. Well, I guess like a little over a hundred years ago. But that's kind of your daughter. That is kind of crazy that they still did that. They still yeah. sold off their daughters. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. How much for your daughter? Well, that's how kings and queens, like you know, they they had to marry into royalty. So you couldn't just mm-hmm. marry for love. So you you would have alliance. You know, you're you'd marry somebody else's. You know, to keep uh, like a you know. To prevent like war. Like a prince of, yeah. you know, yeah, Germany. To prevent or, war. Well, to just, yeah. And, and they I think, would still go to war with you But they anyway. say, like, all the, like, you know, European royalty is pretty inbred because they've been, yeah, married each other for quite a while. Like, because you didn't have a lot of choice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's how you get they big can't marry below fingers. you in that, in that society. <laughs> what did you say, Matt? I said, it's how you get big sausage fingers. Matthew. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, they do. I think there's a, what is it? Is it hemophilia that is... In the yeah. bloodline of the British, the British monarchy. Yeah, because that was Queen Victoria. Did she, she have that? She did not, but she passed it on to many of her children. Do you know what that is, Matt? Big. Nope. Small. Nope. It has nothing to do with size. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna apologize. You're not. You're gonna be like, why did I say Translucent? yes? Translucent. It is a hemo. Is is like Homo? no with blood. Hemo. It, it is a it is a, it, it is a clotting issue. Oh, yeah. oh, so, is that where you like you don't stop you don't stop bleeding? Right, yeah. you can bleed to yeah, death. Yeah, it says it's an inherited bleeding disorder in which the blood does not clot properly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've heard of that. That sucks. Yeah, it's pretty so bad. that's like you, you know bleed out really easily. Yeah. So anyhow, but I mean that's fun about the fun fun little history down there about the British royal down family. Down there. But but you know British cozy mysteries because you also do the cozy mystery, and to me like I. You know, I came from a historical fiction background, and I didn't actually know what a cozy mystery was. And so, but I used to read, I loved British cozies, and I would read M.C. Beaton. Have you ever read M.C. Beaton? Um, 
Hamish Macbeth or Agatha Raisin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so to me, those were like so fun because they were set. One was set in Scotland, Hamish Macbeth. Yeah. And one was set in um, in the Cotswolds. And I just thought they were, right. and they were modern, but they were just had that charm. And then, of course, there's Agatha Christie, who was queen of like the British cozy. And so did you. So how did you get to writing? How did you become a cozy mystery writer? Did you always know you wanted to write cozies? Did you read them? Um, like, what was your path to, to this career? Um, well, that's a lot. <laughs> you can so, answer as I'll little take, or as much of that as you want. <laughs> so one, um, I write cozy mysteries because I read them. Good. Yeah, me too. And, and I, I have to write like, you know, one of the elements, as you know, is, is not like the extreme violence and stuff. And yeah. I just can't write that. I just even the even the violence that I write takes a lot out of me so I just wouldn't like to be in in that I world hear. myself yeah I so hear I you write there, I it's like. brutal yeah there's enough like violence out there it's I'm not like, really good to think about that yeah. type of stuff no it's very true and I talk to the yeah. kids a lot about it because there's so much um on tv that's violent there's some great stories like uh what were we watching we were talking about that lioness i don't know if you know about this um lioness oh, I've seen the first couple episodes Plus. yeah and i just it's it's a, supposed to be a great mo- show and it's got really yeah, interesting right. characters but i just had such a hard time watching that skinny girl get beaten and beaten and beaten and i told my husband like turn it off i can't watch this and then yeah slowly would watch it but like that kind of violence um, yeah, is so hard for me to and like every good yeah. show seems to be. I I, had, I was just talking about that with Game of Thrones. I was just saying it's a good story. Game of Thrones is really good, but there is some stuff in that it's show disturbing. that is so beyond unnecessary to put in a TV show. Right, but they, it, they and it ruins pushing. it kind of ruins the show. Right, for me it kind of right. does. And it's funny because you guys are younger and you're male and you think, but you're you've been pumped with this extreme violence and like you know like the world you know i mean war is violent as you know you and i know um things like that but it's like there has to be and i talk to the boys all the time about protecting like what your input you know protecting what you view and what you read because um you know i'm a reader i'm an avid reader and sometimes you pick up a book and you think it's gonna be amazing and you read it and then all of a sudden it just takes a disturbing twist and you're like i don't want to know that and you can't un- unread that and so I agree, and right. I think that's so un, uh, well. I don't think it's even undervalued. I think that is the value of like that cozy or gentler mystery because you're still getting a really good story, but you don't have to. Like you said, it's exhausting to write yeah. that. So yeah. so kudos to you, excellent. Um, so so you read them. You were an avid reader. Um, historic. Mm-hmm. So why why yeah. historical? I've just been a. Uh, uh, I just loved history from, uh, even as a little kid, I've always been fascinated by history. Yeah. So it was funny? just, a, 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 you know, I always say reading and writing historical stuff is the next best thing to a time machine. So yeah. I just, you know, I get to live in 1905 every day in my head. So it's, it's just fun. Is that like me. your and then I love favorite? The research. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. But is that like your favorite era to like, to like learn about? I love the Victorian era and I actually had to learn more about the Edwardian era for this series. Um, I'm more, I'm a Victorian, but then I also like the Federalist period. Oh, like no, the, what, when what, the, 
you know, when when the the founding fathers like were Lincoln, were, right? Uh, Federalists together and stuff. Oh, so yeah. like seventeen seventy. That so that's interesting. The Federalists is like I always. Well, what would you say seventeen seventy six? Because I always think of it as like. Um, Oh, Georgian era, like King George was on the throne at the time. So what would just, what would, so Federalist would be American term for that era. Right. Yeah. Okay. So American. Yeah, that's, that's what I would call it. Yeah. The, it's the American. Cause we, like the Victorian era is actually something you just would, if you type it in, they don't give you American Victorian. That's the 19th no, but, century. Yeah, I think, but I think America loves the British culture so much we that we right. like if yeah. you look at pictures of america in the victorian era we look like victorians you know what i mean we are we embrace we that do. Victorian era. it's just the terminology like you said it's just the terminology so so um, federalist is more like when we were you know becoming a, a the birth of our nation era that 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 is early a, late late colonial early colonial yeah. yeah so that's a that's a term i i love the colonial area era too and i think it's funny because if you do like history i don't know like matt seems to be more my history lover you don't really read more dan doesn't I'm, really i've been getting a lot more into history as i've gotten older it's really interesting you do as I you get older but didn't i didn't appreciate it when i was younger as much but now as i'm older yeah. i i'm and like what just it starts to fascinate me a and lot some more. people never do but i think what's interesting so like clara like you like it's funny how you gravitate towards a period in time and i was always fascinated by it because i know for me what period of time i gravitate towards you know and i'm like so like are we old souls do you do you believe in reincarnation do you think you ever actually maybe lived in that era and that's why you're fascinated or are you or do you just i do just have a fascination I don't know. That's a good question because I, I I've had dreams where yes. I swear I, you know, like I had a dream one time when I was, I was like 10 years old and I was keeping a dream journal. And so I remember some vivid dreams, even from 40, 50 years ago. And one of them is I was a soldier in the revolutionary <gasps> war. What? And you were, that was a yeah, dream? Yeah. And yeah, and I was under a pile of dead soldiers and I was oh. trying to get myself out. And there were, you know, they had been bayoneted and, you know, you know oh, all this. God. It was really ugly. And I was like 10 years old. What did I know? And right? you wrote this in your dad. So we oh. talked, the last episode I think we put out, we talked about lucid dreaming and being able to, like, yeah. so those dreams are so realistic. And you. Yeah, so you wonder if I'd like tapped into. I, I mean, I think we talk about that know. a lot because the, because the, like I write a little paranormal too. I always have like, even in my historical, I always have like a paranormal, very touch of it because, um, I just, for some reason it just fascinates. I don't know if you can hear my dog, two of our dogs are wrestling outside of the, the office over there, <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? So we talk about this a little bit in the family, you know, and, but, um, dreams I think are so fascinating that you would have a dream like that at 10 years old. That is so specific yeah. and real to that period of time. Um, and so yeah. Civil War. And and I, I don't know. I think my, my one brother was fascinated with the Civil War. Matt is very fascinated with uh, World War II, right? Yes. Yes. And so it's just, it's like you have, you know, this the time that either you uh, like romanticize, you know, you're, but for some reason you're drawn to a certain period. Some people love the Roman Empire. Like that is it for them, the Roman Empire. And I've yeah. read some phenomenal old histories about you know historical fiction about the roman empire i can't remember right was it mary renault is that the name uh but just you know like certain when i was younger i used to read a lot of history and certain epics like just 
you know, really sparked the imagination. So I think that's really cool because the Victorian era, you know, is very, yeah. it just stands out, but you're right. It's, it's so cool. So that was kind of like your sweet spot. You knew that when you were going to write this, that was the era you were going to tap into. Yeah. the Victor Yeah. I would say the Victorian, especially the, you know, the higher, the, the later Victorian period is definitely something that I've always been. I mean, I even went to, when I was in high school, I went to a um, costume party that as a woman with a bustle skirt, bustle oh, wow. dress. You know? Yeah, <laughs> that was so, a fun. That was a fun fashion. It's pretty unusual for a sixteen-year-old to be wearing to a, bustle a bustle dress. You know, yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> but it does. It's like like the whole like I loved Gone with the Wind, and I I made my sons when they were little. Like, did we make you? I made you sit through it. You probably were just a baby. I watched all of it, although I don't remember any of it. Yeah. I don't remember any of it either, except for the end part where the house is on fire. Well, what what were you saying? It was like they're burning. There were um, the sacking of um, of. Um, Atlanta. Uh, thank you. I was going to say Georgia. I'm like, no, the city in Georgia, the sacking of Atlanta, but you're like without any, like it's a war movie without any war. Like, yeah. It's, you're a, like it's, a, it's a war movie without any war in it. <laughs> the war's in the, the background. Civil war movie. It's about women during Kind of the like the sound of music's like that. Well, I mean, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's all like taking place during World War II. And it's just like the back, it's like the theme going it's on in the background. It's such a wonderful movie. Yeah, but yeah, you're, you're right. right. Yeah. The theme yeah. is a wartime theme. Yeah. Um, Von Braun family. They're the gone. Von, von Traps. They're gone. The Von Traps, not Von Braun. The Von Trapp family. <laughs> They're gone. Yeah, but but you know what I mean. So it's like, um, yeah, it's but the the fashions. I think one of the things that I loved about Gone with the Wind was that just the old American South, a, a way of life that no longer exists. But the mm -hmm. you know Scarlett O'Hara and her big ball gowns. And you're thinking like nowadays, like how much would a gown like that cost? But these women, you know, like just the clothes that they would wear. I think that to me that fascinated me as a as a young girl. But I'm like, oh my God, to wear a dress like that. And then you're like, you can't wear a dress like that in modern society. <laughs> you know, the elaborateness, the puffiness, and like you said, the bustles and the tying people in and um, Victorian era was a corseted area, wasn't it? Corset. Oh, definitely. Yes. And did they, did they un, unlace the corset in the Edwardian era? Was that something that went with the, the fun times? Um, when women wore their tea gowns and later in the afternoon, um, they were actually uncorseted, but that was the only time of day. And, but it was basically world. I think it was basically World War One that kind of changed all that. I think that's when the the, the corsets started to go. Um, yeah, I, to go away. It's, yeah. a, it's when a lot of that kind of flash went away. That what? It's when a lot of that like yeah, the, well, that's, style went away because a lot of the monarchies kind of got destroyed. Yeah, they did, and and a lot of the wealth isn't that when they start. I don't know. They they kind of well. Just, they created of... like basically a central like government almost. In World War One. Yeah, after World War One. Wasn't that like the legal League of Nations? League of Nations, UN, pretty much. Yeah. Because they were like, hey, uh, the reason all these people died was because none of you talked to each other. So how about we start talking to each other? It is fascinating how it shaped, you know. The yeah, and that the... was proposed by the United States, and then we never entered it because we're like, we already have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. No, it it is fascinating because how war shapes. And changes, you know, history and changes, you know, fashions for right. practicality reasons and all that. But so, so let's go back to the Christmas theme. <laughs> we we get we get down the war rabbit hole. 
Um, <clears throat> but so what is it like? So so describe for us like what your quintessential Edwardian Christmas would would contain. We know about the mincemeat pie. What else? What else? What delicious things do they have on the table? <laughs> oh, on the table. Oh, gosh. Um well, you don't have to, you don't have, to, I don't, I won't limit you to the table, but I'm like, you know, okay. did they, did they okay. have like mistletoe? Like was mistletoe kissing under the mistletoe big? Yeah, they did have some mistletoe. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't as elaborate, but they definitely would have some mistletoe. Um, the halls would be, you know, would have all the evergreen boughs, you know, deck the halls, right? Yeah. In the song. Um, they'd have a Yule log, which would have to be big enough to last 12 days Ooh, that's for the 12 a days of big dang and so big it would literally be like a tree i mean yeah. almost you know because like, no. we we burn what, a lot of wood here what is a <laughs> what really is a yule log because i don't really know what that is is it just a log you burn during yule good yule yeah for... yeah so you burn it for the yule which would be 12 the 12 days of christmas like the song so it would be an ever it would be an ever burning wait you know, okay like so like scrolling. It, and it's in like a like it's no. just a big log that you stick in the fireplace and it just burns slowly over twelve days. Yeah, yeah. Schmolder. Oh. Um, but Yule, like J U L, was the mm -hmm. Scandinavian celebration of. I think it comes from like their celebration of the like the sun, like the, the disappearance solstice. of the solstice. Yeah, the, the winter solstice, mm. and then it got Yule. And so Yule then became, it's like, I used to do a lot of Scandinavian history and it was like very interesting how Yule and the Yule log um, is like a, a thing of like friendship, right? Mm. And warmth to, you know, <clears throat> to the darkest time of the season. Cause that's, you know, that's kind of what Christmas is. The hardest is. time. Yeah, it's the yeah. darkest time, but the time that's the warmest, right? Because of our friendship and our mm -hmm. connections and our, you know, we're, we're feasting and celebrating. So it's just, I love like, I love, um, like the history of holidays too, so the, and um, traditions of holidays. What would the modern day Yule log be? Well, I don't think we we. I think the French didn't they didn't they oh they made a, made a bush de Noël. I remember when I was up in high school, I took a cooking class. No, it was French. I think it was a French class. I don't think I was supposed to speak French. I don't really know much French. We. <laughs> oui. But I made a bush de Noël, which is a Yule log, a cake. And you have to make it look like a log, but it's like basically like yes. a jelly roll cake. It's a cake, mm. okay, okay. But then you decorate it. You can put little nubs on it, and so. But you can put like ants on it. Yeah. Well, ants I don't know if ants. Yeah, no. Ants, uh, no. celery with peanut no, butter that's and not uh, raisins. A log. <laughs> but no, but so that's a very now that would be a very Englishy thing. And what about the Christmas tree? Because Victorian was married to wasn't her husband German? Yeah, he introduced the Christmas tree to England. And, and then obviously through Victoria introduced the Christmas tree to the whole rest of the, you know, the Western world, basically. I mean, to the, to the U S. Yeah. And so you always uh, think of like, you think the Christmas tree was always part of the Christmas celebration, but it really wasn't until the Victorian era. No. Isn't that fun? No, it wasn't. And they put like A lot of things that we think. Yeah. That's the most ridiculous part to me is they yeah. used to put candles on it open <laughs> they flame didn't have on electricity <laughs> yeah but still that's that seems kind of wild you could just forego the candles well the thing the was on it. the tree was fresh cut and you only put the candles on on christmas eve so oh. it's, yeah you understand it wasn't like right. let's torch them up and then because mm -hmm. when we were when yeah. we used to have a live a live tree well a cut down live tree 
when they were kids. And we would have it throughout Christmas, and then we'd take it down at New Year's, and then we'd drag it out. We had this big garden when we lived in Illinois, and the tree was so dry that their dad would, like, take a, was it a gas can to make a little gas trail? And the kids would, like, all stand outside this big fence. And then he'd put a match on the gas trail, and the gas trail would go up to the tree. And that tree... In two seconds. And then you realize, like, you don't want that in your house. Like, it literally freaked me out. I think we did it a few years, and then I'm like, let's just, okay, Matthew. <laughs> but anyhow, like, so so I think that, you know, there's there's nothing that reminds me more of Christmas than the smell of fresh cut mm. pine, you know? Do you guys do fresh tree? Yeah, I still do it fresh tree, I, I have it. to say, because – my dad used to sell Christmas trees when oh. I was little. Oh. And so it was kind of one of his, he was a landscape architect, but you know, you don't do landscaping in the winter. So that was kind of like the end of his season. He'd kind of kick off with this oh. Christmas trees and he would always save the best one in the lot for us. I so, love the Christmas tree then, farms and lots. Oh. Yeah. So Maybe. then he, when I was, I got um, a little bit older, I was probably about, eight or so and I found a tree that was really you know really awful from you know <laughs> only, only like the top, it was like the top three feet were okay but it was like an eight foot tree but it was like really awful <laughs> he, he cut it off for me and let me put it in my bedroom oh so you saved a tree I love it well then yeah so then from then on I had my own Christmas tree in my bedroom and I would make decorations for it and oh I love that stuff. Oh that's my awesome. God. That's... Oh, I, I can't imagine not having that fresh tree. <laughs> yeah. I know. Maybe we'll put like, put some outside. We have some pines outside, but I'm like this, this year I was like, maybe I should put some fresh tree outside, but unfortunately we'll put up our tree. So we live in a town where we'll have Thanksgiving on Thursday. And then right on Friday, we have the festival of lights, um, which is a huge mm -hmm. fun thing in our little town. And um, Santa Claus of course comes you know, there's a parade and it's all at night and it's all lit up and, and, um, you know, just the kind of the kicks off the Christmas season. And so we always end up just putting up our decorations early like that. So, um, so we, we went with the fake tree, but I, there's this, no, I still have like fresh cut, you know, um, my friends and I, you know, they have, we have a lot of pines and they cut, you know, all the greenery out and then we'll make our own, um, wreaths and decorations that way. And so, so I still get to have that smell, but without the, <laughs> without that danger, because I leave, we leave them up way too long, you know, we're suckers yeah. for the Christmas season, but, but having a Christmas book, I think it's just, um, it's so much fun to read, you know, uh, a Christmas book at, at this time of year, like this season. And so I think. Yeah. So have you ever, like when you're, one of the things I used to do is when I'm trying to like a new writer, especially like a cozy mystery or something, uh -huh. like I'd go to the library and find that little sticker, you know, that would have the like <gasps> the tree on it. Yeah, yeah, right. So, yes. but then they also would do it for Halloween or they would do it for you know Easter and that sort of thing. And so, yeah, if there was somebody I didn't know, you would you know, start. I, I, I would start with their Christmas or their you know their holiday. Their and that's story. a and, and that's a very good. I mean, that's a very good strategy because um, it's just always fun to read a hol you know, like a Halloween or a Christmas book. I just got off my <clears throat> after October. I was like, whew, done with Halloween, you know, because I had I had a Halloween novel out this year, 
and it was, uh, you know, yeah, it was a lot of fun, but I was exhausted by the end of, um, October because, you know, it's fun and people love those holiday books. Um, Christmas is wonderful. Um, and I, um, I want to talk to you too about your next book because I kind of read about what you're doing next and I was all in on this because this, again, you're just kind of preaching to, to the choir over here. So, um, so right now, you know, um, uh, your murder on mistletoe lane is out the fifth book of your series. Um, so they're available anywhere books are sold, you know, so wherever you buy your books, uh, look for those by Clara McKenna. Um, and the next one, book six, which is so exciting. So tell us about this one. Are you still working on it or are you already finished with it? Um, so the book is due to my publisher on the 15th of December. So oh, I'm really, you're, in yeah. the, you're just in the, in the, just, you know, you're typing away now. You're in the, you're in the home run stretch. <laughs> I know how that feels. Yeah. It's like, you just want to get it done, get it done. Absolutely. So it's called, um, murder at Glenlock Hill. And it takes place in Scotland, just outside, just outside St. Andrews. And it takes place during the, um, the open championship, otherwise known as the British open. Yeah. We will. We love the British open. And, and St. Andrews is kind of like a dream. My husband like wants to play St. Andrews. That's his, like, that's his bucket list. Um, but what a, what a beautiful, and so golf was very big that era. My, I, I know my my grandparents played golf. My grandpa was a good golfer, but he's probably more twenties th- and thirties. I would think you never yeah. met a man. Did you play Your great grandfather. No, but he was, a, they, they used to own a golf course. I think my dad's side of the family. That so they all, they're sense. all really good. Yeah. They're all good golfers. But, um, but it was funny cause I love the historic golf clubs, the woodies. And, yeah. and, and the, the hickory, the hickories, the hickory club. Yeah. The old hickory sticks and the, and the, um, the old uh, golf balls are yeah, so different. Yeah, the old cinnamon sticks. And the, yeah. Yeah. The yeah. hickory. The fiddle yeah. sticks. Fiddle yeah. sticks, right. But so when is the... holes in my fiddle stick. <laughs> <laughs> these, boys, these boys like golf, yeah. but they're uh, they're just big hitters. Like, I'll golf with them, and I'm not, you know, I'm not the strongest golfer. I maybe more have accuracy on my side, but they'll get out there, and they'll just, they'll, they'll just hit like 320 yards. Let's crack those balls and then it goes into the woods and you can't find them. Yeah, most of the time I hit into the woods when I drive. I know. And, it's, and you swear a lot. Yeah, it sucks though because you just, it's the most fun to hit a really long drive. And then. I wouldn't know what that's about. It just goes like, you just can't find it. Yeah. I've, I've lost so many Russian. balls off drives. And the great thing about golf is that like the women's tee is so much further like on those really long <laughs> holes like i get a hundred yard advantage and then they're like that's yeah. not fair and it's because they're hitting so far and so wildly that their balls go like and we have our courses that we play here a lot of them have a lot of wood and you don't have that on um on the old course you know the old course is more precision and you, you're not you know like the the um, scottish courses were your what do they call them the they're, they're links. The links, but they're more like they're they're they've got more of that grass. I mean, they're just they're beautifully designed, okay. beautifully designed. Yeah. So here we're you know you got narrow narrow fairways and woods, <laughs> so it doesn't right. it doesn't work out too well. But I'm excited about that one. And that is that that's is that a holiday book or is that just? No, any... it just takes place in um, the summertime in July. You know, in uh, Scotland. So. 
Oh. No holiday. Just the British Open if you want to celebrate that. I yeah. am I am I am excited to read that one. That sounds really fun too. Um and, and especially your Christmas one as well. Get you in the spirit, especially the old Edwardian Christmas. Um boys, do you have any last questions? What is your favorite horse? Oh my god. <laughs> if you had to pick one. What is my favorite horse? Horse breed are you asking? It could be anything. Name? It could be breed. It could be singular like a... horse like that like oh. sea biscuit or I mean just what's sea your favorite biscuit. one? What's your favorite I, one? I, I yeah, like... the name. Drop the name. I don't know. I I uh I guess I have to go with Secretariat. Yeah, it's mm. red here. That's a solid choice. No solid no choice. other yeah, no other horses had Secretary was has, amazing. Has, he didn't come close to breaking his records. And, and when they did an autopsy, they found his heart was so large. Uh, like That was such a great you know, movie too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, I'd have to, I have to go with Secretariat. Nice. Is there a special breed of horse that you like or? Well, I have to say new forest ponies are pretty Ooh. darn cool. Is that a British breed? Yeah. Yeah. Cause the book where my books are set, it's called the new forest. Okay. And yeah. The ponies are endemic to that area oh i have to do and oh i have to look one up yeah they're really beautiful animals oh yeah. horses are gorgeous i always liked yeah. palominos as a as a horse and then like you know so it could be a quarter horse but um frisians i always thought i wanted a frisian those are the big black yeah. you know beautiful veined horses as the boy the boys don't know what yeah. they don't know horses or Bob. And then drafts, almost any draft are so cool. They're gorgeous. They're oh, the so Clydesdales. Cool. We, had, we had the Budweiser oh Clydes God. come to Howell one year. Do you remember that? No. Oh, come on. I For don't. the Festival of Lights, the Budweiser Clydes. No, I don't remember <gasps> And those things are magnificent. They're like nine feet well, tall. Well, their hooves are as big as your head almost. Are... I mean, they're just they're enormous. They they're are incredible horses. Absolutely yeah. gorgeous. The draft horses yeah. are oh so yeah. Oh how fun and how fun you get to write about horses. Yeah, I just get it to, is it is fun. Yeah, that is so <laughs> wonderful. And do you have any last advice like any any advice for any person out there who wants to be a writer? Like if you if there was like one uh, little piece of advice you'd give them or or I can give them one word persistence. <laughs> Amen to that. I think that's uh I think we're we're all here, like you know, the us writers, um, labor of love, yeah, because we just kept kept going with it, kept going forward with it. Yeah. Um, but Clara, yeah. it is it was such a wonderful opportunity to get to talk to you, talk to you about your new book and uh, your upcoming work, and um, we just had such a great time with you. So um, thank you for joining us on the podcast. And uh, we will talk with you later. So thank yeah, you. Thank have you. A, have, thank have, you. Have, a very, have a very good thank week, you. everybody. Hey, this is Dan. Hey, this is Matt. Hey, if you like this podcast, please consider liking and subscribing. As well as sharing it with your friends and family. Also, if you're interested in Darcy Hanna's books, you can check them out on Amazon or DarcyHanna.com. Anyway, thank you for your time and your listen. Have a great day. Yeah, have a good one. Bye.